Welcome to the podcast of A Reasonable Christianity with Samuel Chisichetti, discussing the most important questions about the Christian worldview. When we say evil, evil implies intent. And only human beings have intent. Mm. Like when a cat catches the mouse, or when, when a cat in, in a process of survival, let's say the big cats like the lions, mm. the young lions grows up in a pride of lions and takes on the old man to basically kick him out so that he can inherit and become the most powerful. Mm. Uh, we don't just simply take him and say, okay, Mr. Lion, that which you committed is genocide. Okay, well, yeah. we're going to trial you right now. No, because we recognize the animals. We can't, you know, sort of give them, they, they don't have moral agency. Mm. Mm. Only human beings do. And so evil, therefore, which requires intent and moral agency, is a, a, an attribute of human beings. Mm. And so if you say evil, you assume evil doers. We understand that. The person steals your purse. He's doing evil. Yeah. So like, if you're going to object against evil, therefore you should be objecting against evil doers. Yeah. And so what should God do? Take away evil doers? Well, justice requires. We do that in our justice system. Mm. Yeah, take the murderers, stick them in jail, right? Mm. Okay. But then the next question arises. Which evildoers should God take away? If we're assuming that, if we're complaining against God and saying, God, why don't you take out the evildoers in yeah. the world? Yeah. So which one should he take away? Yeah. The one we decide or the one he decides? Because mm. if he's the one the standard setter, he sets a standard for, you know, for what is right and what is wrong. And then if, let's say, he said that, you know, certain things that we do, mm. even though they give us some pleasures, they're still wrong. Mm. In his standard, not ours. So should you take which evil doers? Only the ones that we object against or the one that he as a standard setter objects mm. against? Because we might say we have our set standard of, okay, we'll take all the rapists and the murderous, murderers, lock them up. Um, but what if that included you? I'm sure if you were part of that crowd, you probably wouldn't want yeah. that to be the case. Exactly. So we, there are things that we do, we might probably think they're pleasurable. Like think about it by God's standard. Let's take it from Jesus' standpoint. He said, you heard it was said, you shall not commit adultery. And I said to you, anyone who looks at a man or woman with, with lust in their heart, they've committed adultery. So by that standard. Mm. Let's take another one. Like Jesus made most of the... We, 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 if, we, if we think about it, his standard was so high that we, we know we cannot fulfill it. Mm. He said, you, you have heard it was said that you, know, you should not commit murder. I say, if you say to your fellow human being, raka, which is the, the Hebrew word for idiot, mm. stupid, you have committed yeah, murder. So if you have like anger towards another person. Exactly. Especially if you belittle and treat another human being as an idiot. Mm. Okay? Now I can extrapolate on that and to tell you the validity of that command. It's so beautiful mm. that Jesus said the commands that like that. Now, have I ever done that? Have you ever done that? So evildoers now include and you and me. Mm. So when we object against evil, it's like C.S. Lewis would also say, again, so the, the finger is pointing to us too. <laughs> and so our objection against evil then start to collapse. But I thank God because then he has provided a way for us for, for, for dealing with the problem of evil. Mm. Not only is it, suffering is a blessing. No, 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 pain. Pain is a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's a sensory mechanism. Suffering makes us grow and mature us. Mm-hmm. So based on our response. 
And the problem of evil, it takes care of it. Mm. So he comes, he pays the price for all our evil, for the big ones and the smaller ones. Mm. And then he invites us within his grace for forgiveness if we trust in him. Mm. And I guess uh, when we're saying about um, uh, forgiveness of, of evildoers, we assume that you know, we, we assume that it's good for evildoers to be punished because yes. we say, you know, for, if the evildoers yeah. commit evil, then therefore we want them to be dealt with. Yeah. And if it's true that everyone is an evildoer, then everyone deserves, should be punished. Everyone should be punished. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like the way Gregory Coco of Stand to Reason puts it. He's got these three sets of questions he asks. Uh, he says, do you think people who commit moral evil should be punished? And well, every reasonable person will go, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if they don't know what you mean, say, well, murderers, for example, like, you know, mm. people who tell lies. You say, well, uh, yeah, lies. Well, we all recognize we tell some. <laughs> but then you go, okay, well, think about it this way. If somebody told a lie in a court of law, what do we call that? Perjury, right? Mm. Should they be punished? Yes. So it's not just simply that lies should or should not be punished. It depends who you lie to. Yeah. In other words, whose standard are you breaking? Like, yeah. You can lie to your girlfriend or your wife. Mm. Well, they could still punish you hard. It depends <laughs> the kind of lie you tell them. But if God sets the standard says you shouldn't lie. Yeah. So when you lie, you've broken his standard. You know, wh- what would you reckon? Like, you know, should the judge uh, be able to, you know, uh, you know, dish out the judgment if the law says, you know, okay, speed limit is 60 k's an hour. Mm. And, you know, Bandwidth minus three plus or minus three kilometers. Mm. If somebody's doing sixty-five, mm. should the police say, "No, nah, no, nah, that's only two. That's only two more, two extra kilometers above the speed limit. It's no problem. Yeah. Should let him alone." Okay, what seventy? What eighty? Twenty? Like w- which? At which point do you say that's e- enough? Exactly. So yeah. that's why when the law is set, it must be set that way. Yeah. If you go just about. We human beings understand this. Mm. Let me give you an example. I like to give this one because it makes sense. Mm. We have very stringent uh, standards. Mm. For example, the standard of cleanliness of our water. Yeah. How much sewage would be, uh, would be enough for you to not drink your water? A big fat drop? A small drop? A mist of sewage? <laughs> See, we know it's going to be clean. Not even a tint of sewage will cause you to drink it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it is to say that Standard must be set and must be respected that way. That's how we have societies that mm. are ordered. And so when God sets his standard, it must be like that. And anybody who breaks it must be punished. So mm. that includes you and me. No one is uh, immune. So Greg would go, do you reckon people who uh, you know, commit moral crimes should be punished? Yeah. Have you ever committed a moral crime? Mm. If you don't know what I mean, have you ever told a lie or have you ever... You know, and every person, of course, in the, oh, even if they do well, not, in their hearts are going to know. Yes, you know the word we're trying to say. Are you perfect? Yeah, <laughs> and you got to go. Obviously not. Okay, well, only God is perfect. If you're not perfect, you've fallen off His standard. Yeah. So He should punish you. Now, would you be? Would you want to be forgiven? Mm. That's His next question. Yeah. Three sets of very powerful questions, and somebody will go, "Well, yeah, okay. Well, therefore, Christ came and paid uh, the price for us to be forgiven." Would we put our trust in him? But I've heard people who are complaining says, but obviously you know that I'm not like the person who's committed 10 murders and stuff mm. like that. Mm. I understand that. I do. Uh, there's a difference uh, on, on the scale. Mm. Mm. But should God set that scale? Should we advise him to set the scale? Mm. Well, the person who's committed 10 murders might say, well, I didn't commit 20. <laughs> The person who committed to and said, look, I did, I'm not like Paul Pot. It's not millions. 
I'm not Mao. Like Mao yeah. did 20 millions, you know? Yeah. So once you start to move the scale to suit yourself, mm. the next person might move the scale to suit themselves and yeah. before too long. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that, in a nutshell, I think we've, mm. we've sort of done a, quite yeah. a, 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 a enough job of, of you know, yeah. dissecting yeah. it. I, I don't know it, if you've seen yeah, that. I think um, another question, and this is based on, you know, in discussing with, with people, different people have, their, their objections, one of the common objections with regards to what's the source of the standards, because mm. most people you, you talk to on the street, they're not going to deny that certain things are right and wrong. You know, they say, oh, of course, there are things that are right and wrong. They're just going to give different reasons as to where that comes from or why it is that we have that. Mm. A, a common response I've heard is that our society as a whole, and you touched on this with evolution, our society as a whole, as we've progressed, we have all begun to realize what causes um, our global flourishing. Mm -hmm. And we begin to realize that when I help others, I feel better about myself, and that if we support the whole economic system, then everyone gets better, including myself, yeah. and the world has moved towards this. Now that, you know, some people might say that's the cause of evolution, but let's say for argument's sake, because you've already sort of dismissed that, mm. let's say that's not caused by evolution, but that's just caused by the natural progression of people yeah. interacting with each other. Yeah. Society moves together towards what we now deem these global morals. Yeah. Now, that is still a case for sort of uh, cultural evolution. So, yes. like, cultures have evolved. We are a lot more conscious now. We can see we all are flourishing. Yeah. And therefore, it is better to sort of encourage mm, adhere to these new morals we've said yeah now the question to that would be uh this simple one it's the is an odd question okay well we've just discovered that there are these set of things that have happened mm. yeah we have assessed that somehow they're good yeah which still draws the point what do we mean by they're good it's because we like it mm. What if another bunch of people from a different set of culture that just either within this one or within another culture outside mm. didn't care whether we, were, we went extinct or not. Mm. And they just simply started to butcher anyone as they wish. Mm. Now, on which basis, by which authority can we say to them, moving the is, mm. what we have just seen, that we're flourishing according to our own determination, on which basis and by which authority can we send them, you shouldn't do, be doing that. Yeah. Because they're going to ask you, by whose authority are you telling us what we should and shouldn't mm. do? Because I imagine the people would say, you know, because of you, the rest of us are suffering. Yeah, well, we want you to suffer, we don't care. Yeah. If somebody said that now, by which, if they said, oh, we espouse suffering, well, you don't like it, that's your standard. Yeah. We espouse it. We're just going to butcher everyone. Yeah. And, and we're going to just, our tribe is going to survive even if we kill all of you and take all of your stuff. Yeah. And so you'll be sitting there pointing the finger. You shouldn't be doing that. Let me actually, I like to give a scenario that is, uh, think about it like, for example, if there was a civilization of aliens mm. came from a planet we never knew about. Mm. They were in, in research for resources to survive. Mm. Okay. And they land on Earth and they found that, oh, there are some, you know, being here that we can actually farm mm. and we can... Mm. Some tasty morsels. Exactly. <laughs> and so they get all of all of us and they're more powerful than we are. Yeah. They need to flourish. Mm. So they take all of us and they start farming us the way we farm cows. Mm. Would we be saying to them that's evil? 
much basis. Like what if cows could start talking tomorrow and say, well, that is evil, you, you're eating us. <laughs> so if they're more advanced, what I'm trying to say is, if you remove the divine standard setter, it'll be just this culture against that one. That bunch of alien against this bunch of you, alien. You would extrapolate the size of your examples out yes. and out and out to the whole e universe. Exactly. Yeah. Until it just collapses. That's yeah. the point I'm making. Yeah. I know we human beings, it's, the reason why we think that it's actually good for us to help each other and, and flourish, it's not because of humanism and our desire to flourish. It's because God sets the standard that we are his mm. image bearer yeah. and we have intrinsic value. Therefore, we should treat mm. each other yeah. as the image bearer yeah. of God. Without that, yeah. It just becomes this culture against that one, yeah. this, these aliens against this. Yeah. yeah, and would you say that in the, the natural way that God has designed us, that he's put uh, a sense, uh, the ability to sense right and wrong in our hearts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, the, the, see, uh, our moral sense is as objective as all our other physical senses. Mm. Like, the not, even the person who says that, right and wrong are a matter of, of opinions, mm. there is going to be a point at which, just, just keep asking them, they could be animal lovers, they could be against animal cruelty, they could be like protect the trees and the plants. There is a button, at, a point at which they're going to say, no, no, that is objectively evil. Mm. Because if it's all just simply a matter of opinions, then no one should ever complain. Mm. The person who's a, a moral relativist should not even open their mouth to say, that's evil. Mm. Because I'm going to go, well, said who? But that's your test. That's your point of view. Mm. My point of view is different from yours. Don't even try to tell me. Yeah. Because I can tell you that's right for me and that's right for you. That's not right for you. So the person who's a moral relativist should not even open their mouth to object to any evil. Yeah. And so that, that's, that's the point to make here. But what is interesting about it uh, is that God actually does care about our the state of our emotional self. Mm. That's why he comes and provides comfort in our suffering. Mm. That's what is beautiful about it. And not only that, he has promised to take care of this evil once and for all. Yeah. And so the end of the Christian story is a more beautiful one. Yeah. Of a world that will have no pain, no suffering. You know, no, no pain in the sense of suffering. Yeah. And no evil whatsoever. Because we will just simply have this state of uh, of, yeah. of uh, existence that will be full of pleasure and full of joy and love and mm. and so on and so forth. When God will take care of all evil, the invitation yeah. is for those of us who suffer, who's living in a world that is full of evil and suffering right now, to respond to suffering the way God uh, provides a way for us to respond, mm. and also to accept His solution to the problem of evil. Yeah which is the provision of his own son yeah, uh, so that we can escape the problem of evil. Yeah, I think that's um, probably a good place to finish it on the message that Christianity provides a hope and an answer to people's pain and suffering. Oh,